It's 2022, which means it's a renewal year and you need CEUs. 30 if you're in South Carolina, and three of those have to be on ethics, jurisprudence, and whatever else goes in that category. Look, the year's going by fast, and you can knock out all those requirements with a MedBridge subscription, and you can get 40% off with the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD. I have a friend named Shelly, and she's a little lazy. Her words, not mine. She hasn't done any Con Ed over the past year and a half until she got her subscription set up. And what she does is she just puts modules on her phone while she watches 90 Day Fiance. Great show, by the way. Is she learning anything? No. But is she getting the local governing bodies off her bat? Yes. Your subscription also includes NSCA credits, OCS certification prep courses, patient education, home exercise programs, EMR integration. There's tons and tons of resources. Again, use the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD to get 40% off your individual subscription. That's the best price that MedBridge offers, okay? Only the best for our listeners. Now enjoy the episode. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to the Better Faster Podcast. Today, Josh and I are discussing pre-workout supplements. These are your no-explode, C4s, Jack3Ds, or any other forms of brightly colored rocket fuel you might be taking before training. And we actually had a request to touch on this topic, uh, so this one's for you, Abby. So, Josh, uh, I, I know uh, I'm actually a recovering pre-workout addict myself. I haven't taken any in over three years, and there's a few reasons why I hope we'll, we'll touch on a little bit. But w- what about you? Do you yeah. take any of these? Yeah, man, for a while I was uh, I was one of those people that tried one until I ran out of whatever the uh, container, however many servings it was, and then I tried the next one, and then the next one, and then the next, and just kept going in like that re- revolving door almost. But over time, I've kind of altered my view on it, and uh, if it has words that, uh, you know, like jacked or explode or other things in the title, I am most likely uh, abstaining from using it. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I used to have it bad. I, I was actually uh, I was a regular nutrition warehouse. Yep. I don't know if you're familiar with that place. But yeah, but I'd walk in there usually like every other Friday and Spud, the owner, he knew my first name, which yeah. is just good business, by the way. But Every time I go in, he'd say, Brandon, you coming to get your crack today? Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, that's what I got people in the gym that call it riding the lightning, man. You're right. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, it, it, it actually really it was addicting, seriously. For oh, for sure. Time. Like, there, there was like a year or two where I had this ritual going where I'd, I'd have to throw my headphones on, put my two scoops in my bottle, and I couldn't start a workout unless I took my pre-workout. And if I didn't, like if I, if I left it at home or just ran out, I, I'd work out, but it would suck. Or I, yeah. sometimes I'd just skip it all together, man. Um, so – yeah, that, that actually kind of segues to the first topic. Um, so from understand, you know, the, uh, the the dietary supplement industry actually isn't regulated by the FDA. I've actually got the website pulled up right here, but they, they assume that supplements are safe until proven unsafe. And so to me, that means that legally you could be getting sold what's actually on the label or it could be placebo, maybe even something that's poisonous or harmful to your body. Yeah, have you uh, seen what, that documentary, that Better, uh, Stronger, Faster documentary? Is that the one with uh, – Smelly uh, Bell. I'm not. I honestly, I don't remember Mark, the individual Bell, I characters, but I just remember, yeah, they're they basically make their own supplement, and the whole thing's just rice powder, and they threw some other things in there, and it was it basically kind of exposed how uh, how lenient of a process it is. Yeah. So so that's a uh, you know, I guess so. Leading off that, what are the main ingredients in these things, or if we don't really know, what are the proposed ingredients? Well, I think one of the main things is uh, some some kind of stimulant. So you got some form of caffeine. It can be from different sources, um, and we know that caffeine in certain doses has you know been shown regularly in the literature to be performance enhancing. So um, that's kind of a legitimate. Uh, choice or ingredient in there but then there's a wide range of some other things you'll have some that have branch chain amino acids uh in there uh which for those who 
don't know what BC, branched-chain amino acids or BCAAs, as they're commonly referred to, um, are. They're a specific subset of amino acids um, that uh, you know are they're leucine, isoleucine, and valine. Um, that's kind of the three the three there. And so those are commonly included for you know, various reasons which we can touch on. Sometimes you'll find creatine in there. You'll find beta alanine in some. You also find some things like arginine or citrulline in there that are meant to, um, you know, basically, you know, act on uh, blood flow. So you can get a wide range uh, of different things and, and propose benefits from these different ingredients. Yeah, man, that's, that's a lot. Uh, I mean, I, I would assume that some of those are going to be beneficial, but, you know, I, I guess taking it all together or, you know, that mix with maybe some things that we don't really know are in there, like the brightly colored dyes, things like that, mm-hmm. are they safe? Yeah, that's that's a whole another issue, man. Like I personally am all about avoiding, you know, additives in in any way, uh, and you know that's you're it's a highly processed, um, you know. I guess this, all supplements are going to be, you know, highly processed. So it's like if you can find ways to consume any of these ingredients, should you want to from a more natural sur- uh, source or avoiding some of these additives in there, um, man, it's amazing. Like you, like I've done some things where I'll look at the food label and I'll look at the, you know, if it has something that isn't a proprietary blend, which we can get, that's a whole other topic, the proprietary <laughs> blend, um, you can add up the weight the grams or whatever of different things that are in there and look at it versus the serving size. And it's amazing the difference, which just shows you how many other things are added to these, um, added to these supplements, which is incredible to think about. It's like, you've got, uh, you know, 15 grand serving and only 10 grams is on the food label as these proposed, uh, you know, beneficial ingredients. So where that other five grams come from, you know, and that's stuff to make it taste good, make it look a certain way, make it mix better. Um, yeah. you know, things that, you know, to me, I'm trying to avoid, man. Yeah. So it's basically just filler. Mm-hmm. I, I personally, I don't believe they're safe and, and that's why I don't take it anymore. Um, just, this is, this is totally in of one, um, anecdotal, but one of my previous jobs, we used to have employee health screens. And when I did my blood work, um, you know, I went back and the nurses were like, your liver enzymes are through the roof. How much alcohol you've been drinking? And it was literally like, you know, a beer every other week when I go date night with my wife. Right. And at the time, you know, I was, I was taking, I can't remember which one it was, but it was a pre-workout basically you know, four or five days a week before every workout, something that was bright green or bright blue. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I know correlation isn't causation, but I stopped for, for two months. And when I got retested, did my blood work again, everything was back to normal and has been since. And, and you know, that's what finally got me off of it. Um, so that's definitely, it's definitely potentially sketchy in my right. opinion. No, sure. I, I think you're exactly right, man. I, again, if we're if you do your research on some of these things and you find that you know there may be a certain ingredient or two that you think is going to be beneficial for you from a performance standpoint, um, then you know, finding the finding that ingredient in, in, you know absent of all those other fillers will be important. So um, I think we should probably caveat with with this whole conversation of you know if you are not sleeping enough, eating, you know, you know, feeding yourself and fueling yourself enough, eating the right amounts in terms of total calories and macronutrients for you. If you're not focused on recovery, if you're not limiting stress 
in your life, then the supplements aren't going to do anything for you. You know, it's amazing that, uh, you know, these things like this, you know, it's where I get the most questions and the supplement industry is a billion dollar industry. And it's not because everything is so great and it all works, but it's because everybody wants these quick fixes or something that's going to help them to, you know, perform better in that training session. So if I can drink something beforehand or take a pill beforehand and I get a little bit more out of my training, you know, everybody's ready for that. But honestly, that it's, it's such a small portion of the bigger picture. So before you're even thinking about what pre-workout you're taking or if you should take a pre-workout, you need to check all those other basic lifestyle guidelines, all those boxes. You need to be sleeping enough, eating enough, getting uh, you know enough sun exposure. You're not sitting all day. You're moving around. You're you know you're reducing stress in whatever way possible. You're you're trying to do things like coordinating your sleep and wake cycles. Uh, you know, and being consistent with all these different routines. Like those are so much more important than what pre-workout you're taking. But if pre-workout is, you know, something you are interested in. You're like, man, I love my pre-workout. You know, I'm not going to try to take that away from you. When clients come to me, I don't try to take it away from them. I just try to educate them on some different things. So, um, you know, caffeine, that's the first one. Every, you know, our, our, we are a well-caffeinated society, um, and arguably a little over-caffeinated, but caffeine dosed appropriately is a, uh, is performance enhancing. You know, it's going to be helpful for your workout. It's been shown in a lot of different ways, mainly more in the endurance community than it is um, with like sh- really short, high intense uh, exercise. But um, caffeine is important. But again, it's got to be dosed correctly. And I'm not going to give you too many recommendations. I think you can do that research on your own. I think you can, uh, you know, come talk to me about it. Uh, but it's really based on body weight. Uh, you can dose it um, correctly uh, and also time it correctly based on your training. Like, you know, that's great. And for me, my caffeine, I don't know about you, but I, I'm coffee for me, man. Uh, black coffee. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get, I'm going to have a little black coffee before I work out. For me, that's, um, enough. And uh, I think it's important that you, you dose it appropriately because some of these pre-workouts, I don't know if you've looked at the ingredients lately, Brandon, but I've seen some things that have, you know, three, four, 500 milligrams of caffeine in, in a, a serving or in a package, which might actually be multiple servings, but people think, oh, I'm supposed to take this whole packet, this packet. Uh, you know, they're getting like 500 milligrams of caffeine, which we know can have some serious issues um, should you take too much. So for me, caffeine, I'm going from the coffee route. Um, that's what I'm thinking. And I think that it can be beneficial. So if you're interested in caffeine as a performance, enhancing, uh, performance enhancer, I would do some research, figure out how much, you know, is shown in the literature to be helpful for someone your body size and then figure out how you can get that through more of a natural source whether it be you know coffee tea something like that just remember you know to stay well hydrated um you know because there are going to be um some you know diuretic effects of caffeine so make sure that you're going to be well hydrated but um that's kind of the number one thing that i think people are craving is that that energy kick from the caffeine um i don't know if you want to add anything on that no, I mean, I, yeah, I just, I couldn't agree more with what you're saying earlier about just making sure you have the basics dialed in, you know, mm-hmm. sleep, nutrition, stress levels, things like that. Um, but that's definitely a, I think that's a reflection of society, man. We just, we just want the quick fix whenever we can get it. So, yep. um, I think that's one of the reasons why these supplements are so popular, so successful and make a lot of money, right. but you've kind of, you already touched on a little bit, but you know, safety aside, how do these things actually work for performance? I mean, are they actually going to give me a boost in the gym, uh, help me lift more, or maybe train longer? Or is it, you know, I know you know I talked about this before, but can it actually work against you a little bit in some ways? Yeah, man. So the there each one of these ingredients has a proposed benefit. Um, most of them seem to be with, um, you know. 
and you know related to energy or fueling or something along those lines. So the common ones you see, of course, caffeine, but you see a lot. A lot of these are including uh, branch chain amino acids, which um, depending on what you you read, there is um, some literature out there to say that it's going to decrease decrease your uh, RPE, your rate of perceived exertion, and give you some some longer time to exhaustion. Those are two things that you see measured a lot in literature: our rate of perceived exertion and time to exhaustion. Because again, a lot of this literature is in endurance sports. Um, and that's proposed that, you know, your body can actually synthesize these BCAAs for ATP that, you know, that's kind of what, uh, what the BCA is in the blood. You're sparing glycogen a little bit, uh, because you are able to, uh, utilize those for fuel. So that's one proposed mechanism there. Uh, again, you know, you, you have longer time to exhaustion. That's going to be great for, you know, a number of sports. Um, there's also some, some things that are, uh, you know, proposed with BCAAs in terms of, um, increasing protein synthesis, specifically leucine, um, which is going to be beneficial, of course, for, you know, it, when we're in the gym, we're always looking at kind of what's the difference between that synthesis versus uh, protein degradation. Um, uh, and then also, it's also protective. It has a protective effect in preventing proteolysis, so the breakdown of protein. So it acts in increasing synthesis and also maybe limiting uh, proteolysis. So those are things that are all beneficial in nature. But again, there's a lot of mixed literature on that. BCAs are not one of those things that, you know, I can come out and say definitively, hey, literature says 100% this. I think there's, you can find studies on both sides saying it really, you know, it's just, um, and, uh, you know, you're just put, you know, wasting some money there. So uh, I think that that's, you know, one thing that can go either way. Um, and then, cre- you know, a lot of these have creatine in there. And if you're going to take creatine, um, you know, I, I'll tell you the truth. I take it. I've taken it, you know, every, literally every day since, you know, probably I was 18. Um, and creatine is one of those things that's the most heavily studied supplement ever and you're going to find it a lot in pre-workouts um but it's one of those things it doesn't necessarily need to be in your pre-workout creatine acts on saturation it can be taken at any time um you don't need any special form of it i love that they they come out with these uh you know you know, creatine or this like uh, creatine HCL and all these different forms of it. And really, t- creatine monohydrate is fine. You don't need to have any special form of it. Um, again, that should be dosed based on body weight. Um, you see people, you know, these scoops have, you know, five milligrams in there. Um, you know, it depends on your body weight, really. And then also, um, you don't need to do a loading phase with creatine. That's that's totally a marketing ploy to get you to take more. Um, so you have to re- refill your bo- uh, your uh, you know get your uh, refill sooner. But you don't need a loading phase. Um, so creatine is one of those things that is probably in almost every one of those pre workout supplements, and arguably it does help too. You know, creatine is uh, you know going to maybe modulate a little bit, again, propose to modulate energy metabolism a little bit, may increase protein synthesis. It may help buffering, um, you know, some of that acidosis that can occur with working out. Um, but realistically where it's going to, you're actually going to see this effect in terms of in the gym practically is you might recover a little faster between sets or short duration, max effort type, um, activity. So if you do a 100 meter sprint, and then are resting and doing repeats of 100-meter sprint, or you're doing a maximal lift and you're doing repeats, you might see a little bit of a faster recovery time between those maximal efforts because you will hopefully better be able to replenish that uh, the creatine phosphate system that you're utilizing during those efforts. So, yes, that can be very beneficial too because if I'm able to do you know, a, you know, these sets more quickly or maybe I'm able to delay fatigue a little bit and do more work, I'm going to adapt from that work. Again, it's not making you stronger or faster or improving your performance, but it's allowing you to train a, a little bit 
uh, a little bit better in a sense, which again will help with performance and adaptation. So uh, creatine being in one of those, I think that one does help. Um, and I would most likely recommend all of that. Again, you need to do the research for yourself. Um, again, it's common myths on that. It's not going to wreck myths on that. It's not going to wreck your kidneys. It's not going to cause excessive amounts of water retention. Um, it does, uh, you know, there's going to be some hyperhydration of your skeletal muscle, um, but it's not, you know, it's, it's going to be very minimal. If you are regularly hydrating, you're going to be fine. Um, it's not going to predispose you to tendon injuries. Um, you know, things that predispose you to tendon injuries are just training incorrectly, uh, you know, and not properly uh, monitoring loading. Um, and and you don't need to cycle it. Um, it's again, that's just another myth. Um, and again, this is not, um, Something that you, uh, you know, endogenously produce to where when you take exogenous creatine, you're not you're going to stop producing your own. It doesn't work like that. It's not you know a hormone. It's it's different than that. So you don't need to cycle it. Um, so again, that just it, it, yeah, I think it, that is one that is warranted. So you've got those are the three main ones you see in most. You see caffeine. You see um, uh, creatine. You see BCAAs. Um, another common one you see is beta alanine. Um, that's what gives you those little jitters as you're going. Um, you know, that's kind of, uh, you know, some people crave that. Some people really don't like that. Um, I think that beta alanine is something if you are a CrossFitter and you are doing a period of, you know, training that involves a lot of, you know, lactic type training where you are needing to buffer some of those free hydrogen ions that you're producing, um, yeah, again, don't call it lactic acid because the body doesn't make lactic acid. It makes lactate and they're free hydrogen ions. There is a difference there. Um, so, but you do need to be able to buffer that. And uh, the beta alanine has been shown to help that as well. Um, so uh, that is uh, something that you might want to consider. But again, it should be dosed correctly and dosed based on, you know, on your body weight. You should know um, how much you should be taking. So these proprietary blends or uh, these standard set things that are in these uh, set amounts that are in these supplements, you don't know if that's right for you. So do your research there. Um, beta alanine again, could be effective for you. You'll have to see if you're a responder to it. Um, but again, do your research. Uh, that, that would be where I would go with that. Um, and we could keep going, man. I know some of these have glutamine in there. Um, you know, that's another common one, um, which for me that you're, you're probably just wasting your money there. But, um, you know, we could, there's a lot of ways you can go. A lot of these supplements have some interesting proposed mechanisms. Well, so, so having said that, then, you, you know, you, we talked about how this stuff could potentially be unsafe. Mm-hmm. It's expensive, so you could potentially be wasting your money. I mean, it sounds like a better alternative might just be black coffee and creatine. And then maybe throw in some beta alanine, maybe some BCAAs. Yep. And go from there. I mean, will you end up saving some cash that way? Yeah, I think I think so. I, um, you know, again, I'd have to you know price it out again. For me, uh, I'm more focusing on my basic lifestyle guidelines, so I'm not diving into a ton of this from a personal standpoint for training anymore. Again, I used to be all about it, um, but I was just like everybody else. I wanted that quick fix. Um, but yeah. I, I think it, it could be a little bit, you know more cost effective, but it's also going to be a little safer and it's going to be more effective because you know you're dosing correctly for you, um, which is really important. Um, but there's one thing that too that you mentioned that I didn't get to touch on was how this could be detrimental to you taking some of these. Um, and I think specifically what you're referring to is, uh, you know, including things like arginine or, or citrulline in there that are, are going to hopefully, you know, their proposed mechanisms, they're diverting blood to the working tissue. That's that pump you feel, which, you know, we all, you know, everybody's chasing the pump. And in some instances, you know, that could be great. But if you are a CrossFitter and you are performing 100 chest-to-bar pull-ups in a workout, 
the last thing you want is a pump in your biceps. That is the last thing you want. So um, if you are actually performing, you know, tons of these little contractions over and over in, say, a CrossFit-type workout, you know, I don't really want all this blood and, and every, all these metabolites to accumulate in that working tissue to where, um, again, it's going, to be, it's going to inhibit function. And that's the last thing I want in something like that. If you're doing 150 wall balls in a workout, I don't need my quads to blow up from a pump. I want that stuff out of there. So, um, you know, again, it could be detrimental depending on the activity you're trying to do. And you can't really control what all is exactly in, the pre, in that pre-workout unless you're, again, parting it out yourself or you're really doing your research and determining what's right for you. So um, that, that's a whole other area where um, they might have benefit for some people, but you've got to look at your, in, your specific situation as kind of an N equals one. What works for you? Gotcha. So safe to say that games athletes probably don't take pre-workout supplements. Uh, yeah, I don't want to speak for anybody. Um, I would say if they are and they're succeeding, they're succeeding maybe in spite of some things. Um, <laughs> again, some people are able just because some people can do things doesn't mean everybody should, um, and it doesn't mean that that person's optimizing their own individual performance. Um, they might be leaving something on the table. They just happen to be so talented that they're they're excelling against their competition. But in terms of their own potential, they could actually be leaving something on the table. You know. We'll never know. Uh, but I would argue that most are probably not taking no explode before they go out there and they do Fran on the games floor. Um, that's just uh, my hunch. Gotcha, gotcha. Hey, so, Josh, the last thing I want to talk about is, um, you know, these supplements are, you know, largely I think the effect is because of the stimulants in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, one, one scoop can quickly turn into three scoops, just like one cup of oh, coffee yeah. can turn into three over the course of a couple months. So is – is this actually taxing on your adrenal gland? So is adrenal fatigue or adrenal burnout a real thing, or is that just another term for caffeine or stimulant tolerance? Yeah, I, I personally do think adrenal fatigue is uh, quote-unquote real and something that does need to be considered. I think, um, and for those who don't know, when Brand says adrenal fatigue and taxing the adrenals, it, um, it's a condition where, you know, Tons of stress or weakened immunity, and uh, you know those those kind of things lead to um, a disruption or dysregulation of the adrenal glands, and it can be pretty detrimental. Uh, you'll see things where people are um, they have difficulty difficulty getting up each morning, even if they sleep ten hours, they have trouble getting up in the morning. Um, they get tired all day, every day, and then coffee and more and more coffee and caffeine is just isn't doing it anymore. Um, they're not able to handle stress, um, you know, due to again this constant um, you know secretion of these stress hormones. Uh, it even affects kind of your your diet. You start craving saltier foods, uh, and that uh, you know and that has to do with the whole with you know aldosterone production from your uh, adrenal cortex, but um, there's, you know, that changes things. You get more energy levels late, uh, later in the evening um, versus being in the morning. Again, you're struggling. Again, it has to go with struggling in the, um, in the morning. And it can be from and cause overuse of things like caffeine and eating sugary foods. So uh, I, think it, I think it's totally a, a real issue. And I think it does a lot of times present itself, you know, following high levels of caffeine consumption and just ignoring some of those basic lifestyle, lifestyle guidelines, sleeping enough, going to bed, um, you know, when it gets dark, waking when it gets, when it gets light again in the morning, eating enough for you, um, you know, for your goals. Uh, I think managing stress, I think that it does all kind of accumulate and then you do get into this kind of adrenal fatigue or adrenal dysfunction and it can be tough to get out of and you really do get out of it by improving your diet, by modulating your caffeine um, 
consumption, by working on stress reduction, um, and it, possibly working you know through supplementation to altering things, taking things like B vitamins or magnesium can also can help with it. Um, getting more sleep, planning your sleep wake cycles. Uh, I think that. It is real. I think it's totally real. And I think that we, as a Western society, are, are really setting ourselves up for things like this due to our lifestyle. And, you know, caffeine consumption, stimulant consumption, you know, focusing on things like this pre-workout, that could very, very well play a role. Yeah, I, th- I think it's real too, man. Because another thing too is this gets reflected in people's blood work as well. Mm-hmm. And I know this is you know one of the things we touched on in a previous episode, but testosterone levels, mm-hmm. you know, it seems to be declining um, across the population as time goes along too. And I would venture to say that this modern lifestyle stuff has a lot to do with it for sure. Yep. But uh, also, man, this was, this is was a lot of good information. Is there anything else that you wanted to uh, touch on? No, we, uh, I, I, I think we should you know make sure you know everybody kind of realizes you know we're not registered dietitians, but we do have. Uh, a fair amount of experience and uh, you know personal experience with these kind of things, and then also have done plenty of our own research mainly because you know we 're like everybody else we 're trying to optimize our time in the gym we 're trying to optimize our performance and and get the most out of the time we do have available to devote to our own training so um, you know we 're not alone in that, but most of this stuff that we 're talking about is kind of anecdotal it 's um, our own research we uh, I definitely want to encourage everybody to do their own research and don 't take everything that we say as gold. do your research uh, if you're really looking for advice you can reach out to us um, and we can you know either help you or set you up with somebody that can help you with that stuff um, but you know read the label and then question everything that's what i'll leave it on read the label question everything don't just assume because it says on there that it's going to get you jacked in six weeks that um, it has only good things in there so uh that's kind of where i'll leave that one Good deal, man. Well, real quickly before we conclude, um, I just want to give these two courses a plug that we got coming up. So February 3rd, 2018, we have the Rock Tape FMT Blades coming up with Shantae Cofield, and that's at Vertex PT Specialist. And then March 10th and 11th, 2018, Mitch Babcock and Ryan Smith uh, voted two of the uh, most 40, two of the most influential physical therapists, I think it was a list of 40, uh, in the U.S. or in the world. Uh, they're hosting the fitness athlete. They are having the fitness athlete live weekend seminar, which is going to be at Carolina CrossFit. Yeah, man, those are going to be awesome. I can't wait for both of those. And again, all my PT students that are listening, you know, don't hesitate to do this as well. I know we're, you know, I'll be in the middle of a new semester when both of these courses are are coming up, but uh, it's hard to beat those student discounts, Brandon, and we won't get them mm-hmm. forever. So um, for me, I'm trying. I'm going to try to take advantage of those. And both of those courses are going to be great, uh, especially if you are a CrossFitter or going to work with CrossFit athletes. Um, you know, you, those are going to be very beneficial for you. For sure. And we'll put those links in the show notes too, or in the description so you can register. Definitely. And as always, guys, if you can go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review or any review, we love the feedback, but you know, the five-star obviously does, uh, does help. Uh, but again, if you have questions today, uh, episode was prompted based on a question. Um, if you have questions, please reach out and let us know. Uh, we want to talk about what you want to hear. So, uh, let us know what you want to hear. If you need to find more information from us, go to betterfasterpodcast.com or our Instagram handle at betterfasterpodcast. If you're trying to find Brandon, go to uh, vertexpt.com or at vertexpt. Or for myself, you can go to carolinaperformancetraining.com or at cpc or at cpt underscore strength. Oh, man, mouthful, at cpt underscore strength. I need to find an easier handle, apparently. Uh, but again, I uh, hope everybody has... Uh, a great holiday season and tune in next week. This episode is brought to you by Vertex PT Specialist. One patient per doctor physical therapy per hour. Guaranteed. 
the best physical therapy ever. Check us out at vertexpt.com or on the gram at vertexpt.